0: Today's podcast will be the greatest love story ever told. The story of a king that chose to die for a world full of sinners. Our scripture will begin in Matthew 27, verse 27. The Roman soldiers of the governor had taken Jesus into the common hall. They gathered unto him the whole band of soldiers. This would have been about 200 men. The common hall was an open courtyard or judgment hall. It was at Herod's palace, a magnificent building on the highest part of Mount Zion. They stripped Jesus and put a scarlet robe on him. This would have been some type of military garment or a piece of Herod's clothing. It was being used to mock Jesus. Scarlet is the color of royalty. Little did they realize he was the greatest king that ever lived. They put a crown of thorns on Jesus' head. These particular thorns grew up to six inches in length. They made a victory crown, which was meant for mockery and shame. They placed a reed in his right hand and bowed down before him. They mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! There is going to come a day when everyone who has rejected Jesus will bow before him. All will see that he truly is the King of the Jews. This time there will be no mocking. They would spit on Jesus. Then they took the reed and hit him on the head with it. Every time this reed would hit his head it would drive the thorns deeper into his skull. I am sure the swelling was so bad he was unrecognizable. After they finished their mockery, they took the robe off of him and replaced it with his own clothes. Then they led him away to be crucified. There was a place called Golgotha. That is to say, a place of a skull. An early Christian leader recorded that Jesus was crucified on the spot where Adam was buried and his skull was found. Jewish tradition states that Adam's skull was buried near the city of Jerusalem by Shem. The Bible does not specify this, but we do know Golgotha is where Jesus was crucified. Death by crucifixion was a cruel and a shameful way to die. It was normally only inflicted on slaves and the worst of criminals by the Romans. A person's hands were stretched out as far as they could go and nailed to the cross. The feet were then nailed together. The cross was lifted and dropped into a hole. The impact of the cross hitting the ground would cause the whole body to disjoint. The weight of the whole body would hang on the hands and feet. The victim would suffer untold pain until they died. The Bible talks of them giving Jesus vinegar to drink mixed with gall This was a customary potion to intoxicate a person who was suffering. Jesus refused it. He was willing to take on the utmost pain for the sins of the world with no relief. After Jesus was crucified, they parted his garments. The clothing was considered extra pay for this horrible death they had caused Jesus. The Bible says they cast lots to see who would get the clothing. In other words, they drew straws. This fulfilled the prophecy, they parted my garments among them and upon my vesture did they cast lots. That was found in Psalms 22:18. They sat down and watched him. They were certainly going to make sure no one removed him. The military guard or executioner's job was to make sure no one took the body down before the victim died. Above a criminal's head, they would put a sign that stated the crime they had committed. The sign above Jesus' head read, This is Jesus, King of the Jews. What Satan meant as mockery was actually the absolute truth. It is said that the sign was written in three different languages, Hebrew, Greek, and Latin. Jesus hung between two thieves, one on the right and one on the left. Religious leaders were walking by Jesus and wagging their heads at him. They were cursing and trying to shame Jesus. They were saying the words, "'Thou that destroyest the temple and buildest it in three days, save thyself. If thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross.'" Jesus had said that his physical body would be destroyed and in three days he would raise it up, which is just what took place. They told Jesus to save himself, but Jesus came to earth for one purpose, to save others, not himself. If Jesus had have chosen to come down from the cross, which he could have done, no one could have ever been saved. The people who were being held in paradise could never have been released. The chief priests, scribes, and elders, or religious leaders said he saved others, but himself." He cannot say. If he be the King of Israel, let him come down from the cross and we will believe him. To be saved, you must believe in what you cannot see with your eyes. As Jesus was dying on the cross, he was at work leading another life to accept him as Savior. One of the thieves on the cross joined him in heaven that day. He chose to accept Jesus into his heart. From that moment on, we all were given the opportunity to one day join Jesus in His heavenly kingdom. From 12 o'clock noon until 3 o'clock p.m., there was darkness. For three hours, God hid His face from His Son. Jesus took on the penalty of the world. He could have called down legions of angels to save Him, but He chose not to, so we could be free. Jesus cried out with a loud voice and said, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. In other words, he said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus knew why, but he was acknowledging what had just happened. God did not deliver him so mankind could be saved. This became the redemption road for mankind. Jesus was speaking in Aramaic. This is the language he would normally speak in. Some of the ones standing around thought he was calling for Elijah. This would have referred more to the Jews because the Romans would not have known of Elijah. One of them ran to Jesus, took a sponge, filled it with vinegar, and gave it to Jesus to drink. They once again began to mock him, saying, Let be, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. Jesus cried again with a loud voice, and he died. The veil of the temple then ripped from the top to the bottom. It was the end of sacrifices as they knew it. Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. The veil of the temple hid the Holy of Holies. It was sixty feet from the ceiling to the floor. It was four inches thick. It was so strong, four yoke of oxen could not pull it apart. This is proof the task was finished. Jesus had become the ultimate sacrifice for all mankind. The earth began to quake and the rocks rent. After the veil had been torn, this tells us the earthquake was not the cause of the tearing of the veil. Graves began to open. Many bodies of the saints which slept arose. These were the bodies of the souls which were being held in the compartment of hell, called paradise. When Jesus died, he took the keys of death and hell. He released the saints to dwell with him in heaven. On the day of resurrection, these saints were seen walking the streets of Jerusalem. They appeared to many along their transition from paradise to heaven. The centurion and those that were with him realized they were wrong they became greatly afraid. They said, truly, this was the Son of God. Notice they did not say a Son of God, but the Son of God. Tradition tells us the centurion's name was Longinus. It was told he became a devoted follower of Christ, preached the word, and died a martyr's death. Many women were watching from afar off. They had followed Jesus from Galilee and ministered unto him. They stayed with him until the end. Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, Salome the mother of James and John were among these women. Mary the mother of Jesus had been at the foot of the cross when Jesus died. It won't be long until Jesus Christ, King of Kings and Lord of Lords is going to split the Eastern sky. The dead in Christ shall rise up first. Once again, graves of the saints are going to open up and rise to meet him in the air. Their physical bodies are going to join their souls. 1 Thessalonians 4:16 and 17 is where you can find proof of this. In Luke 21:11, we read of great earthquakes in diverse places, famines and pestilences, fearful sights and great signs from heaven happening. We are beginning to feel the birth pains of the fulfillment of Scripture. We need to get ready and be looking up. Our redemption draweth nigh. Your past is your past. Just as the centurion had just took part in the worst crime of all time, the murder of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Christ forgave him and turned his life completely around. He is waiting with outstretched arms to offer you the same gift. Believe the truth of the word. Ask him into your heart today. Ask him to wash you of all your uncleanliness. Trust him to do what he says he will do and let him change your life. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of The Ransom Road. Join us next week as we will begin the journey of the resurrection. You may join us by going to www.kingdomrock.org or by following Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, or Amazon podcast. Look for Mission Tabernacle Outreach. You may message me directly at missiontabernacle20 at gmail.com. Please pray God will continue to take us into the highways and by ways and to compel the people to come to him. Thank you and have a great week.